Welcome back to the Linked Up Church Podcast. We are passionate about connecting people to God, family, purpose, and community. Today, Pastor Trish Gregory comes with her second and final installment in this life-changing series entitled Faith Mentality. Get your pen and your pad ready, and let's go into the worship center and hear what God has for us today. We're talking about faith mentality, and we are on part two. We, the scripture is Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 and 16, through 16 in the Passion. And he says, I admit, Paul is writing. Mind you, Paul is in prison. He is in prison wrongfully, but yet and still it's the suffering for Christ. And he rejoices. In this, in this letter, he's talking about rejoicing more than any other time. And he says, I admit that I have not yet acquired the absolute fullness that I'm pursuing, but I run with passion into his abundance so that I may reach the purpose that Jesus Christ has called me to fulfill and wants me to discover. He goes on to say that I don't depend on my own strength to accomplish this. However, this I do, this one compelling focus, I forget that which is behind me. I forget the past as I fasten my heart to the future instead. He then says, I run straight for the divine invitation of reaching the heavenly goal and gaining the victory prize through the anointing of Jesus. So let all who are fully mature say, I declare, I am fully mature. Have this same passion. And if anyone is not yet gripped by these desires, God will reveal it to them. And let us all advance together to reach this victory prize, following one path with one passion. Paul is saying in the King James, I press for the mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus. He says, in doing so, I have to forget the past. So we remember from last week, number one, we do not do these things in our strength. We cannot accomplish all that God has for us to accomplish in our own strength. Ambition is great. But see, when you're operating in faith, you are responding, you are depending, and you are focused on God. When you're in ambition, you are simply dependent and focused on you. Number two, we have to forget the past. We have to leave that behind us. Forgetting the past means what? It means that I, that I got to make sure that I am redefining my default settings. I am redefining the false settings. The, the part B of that is that I cannot look back while trying to move forward. I cannot look back while trying to look forward. And C is mercy is mandatory. We got to forgive. You got to forgive the father that abandoned you. You got to forgive the mother that abused you. You got to forget the ex-husband or ex-wife that cheated on you. You got to forgive that boss that might have wrongfully in your mind fired you. You have to forgive. And mind you, forgiveness does not always look like total restoration. We get that confused. Forgiveness means that we have restored them in our heart and they no longer hold us bondage to what has happened. But it doesn't mean that we need to be best friends anymore. We have to love, we have to forgive, but we don't have to be, you know. Now let's pick up with the next point. Number three, in resetting 
or maintaining or establishing a faith mentality. In other words, when we talk about faith mentality, because you know, we think about mentality, we think about how we think. But how you think can be infused with faith. When we get so caught up in not knowing what's going to happen next and try to manipulate situations to work out the way we think it should work out, we're still thinking, but we're thinking in fear. You're going to think and you're going to behave in one or the other, fear or faith. Because if you're not functioning in either, then you're dead. You're stagnant. So then, developing a faith mentality, number three, focusing on the future. Philippians chapter three, on the B part of that verse that Paul is speaking to, forgetting the past, he says, instead, he fastens his heart with passion to the future instead. Now, we just got finished with 40 days of faith some time ago, and we're all on our faith journeys. And if you're anything like me, there's still much to get done. There's still a lot to get done with enemy and without me, right? There's a lot to still get done. And so as we continue to seek God in this process, we have to continue. We know that our journey, there's faith and then there's patience, right? But during that journey of patience, that that process of patience, our faith is being tried every single moment. There are always obstacles out there to try and deter you and get you off of your faith project, especially when you're believing God for people. Especially when you're believing God for other people. Can I hear the parents say? Amen. Amen. Right? Can I hear the spouses say? Amen. Some of y'all got your husband and your wife on that altar, and you know it. Just keep looking forward. Don't look to them. Just keep looking forward. Somebody's like, yes, Lord. I have confessions for him every single day. Yes, I have to speak positively to her every single day. So now, when we became born again, a part of our salvation process was A, your spirit became new and is always willing, but you have to know that your flesh is weak. Your flesh is weak. One must train their flesh to obey the spirit, but the spirit man must be built up. See, oftentimes, how many saved folks here under the age of 30? How many of you are born-again believers but under the... Come on, raise your hand. Don't be ashamed. I'm not about to talk about you. Yes. You know what? I'm so proud of you. I'm proud of you. I love you. Especially, but when you're young, there are all so many distractions. And oftentimes we think that when we get saved, life is supposed to become easier. Your spirit man became new. And that spirit man wants to do what's right. But that flesh has been stronger than the spirit man for quite some time. So it's up to you in that moment to do what now? Make a decision to yield to that soft, still, small voice that has not yet been built up enough to do what's right. But also to know that in your weakness, Holy Spirit is there to connect you to that which is successful. 
The enemy did not stop battling you because you became born again. In fact, in that moment, he just amped up the pressure. But see, when you realize the power of Christ in your salvation walk, then you are free to just say, you know what? I'm not even going to trust in what I think or what I see or what has happened. I'm going to trust in who he is, which is why we cannot emphasize enough that you have to build yourself up in the word of God. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, that is, grafted in, joined to him by faith in him as Savior, he is a new creature, reborn and renewed by the Holy Spirit. The old things, the previous moral and spiritual condition have passed away. Behold, new things have come because spiritual awakening brings new life. Say it, spiritual awakening brings new life. Now, if I was to talk about me for a little bit, when I got saved, I already knew because there's a moral strand in the earth. I already knew when I became born again, even the first time, because I had to be dipped a few times. I had to, I knew right then I, I needed to stop cussing. I needed to stop cussing. I knew right then I needed to stop whoring. I said it, I needed to stop sex, and I didn't need to control my freaky self. I knew right then that I needed to stop drinking alcohol. Those were three things right then and there that I knew I needed to cease right then because of the moral strand. But the power of God made me free in doing it. Now, when it came down to other stuff, loving your enemy and those that despitefully use you, I had to work on that a little bit. You know, um, (laughs) don't look at me like that. (laughs) Ask yourself, have you ever been in a situation where you knew you don't do this? You know you are too far over your head, but you're like, forget it. I'm going to do it anyway. I'm talking about after salvation. Can I tell my, on myself for a moment? This is a long, long time ago. My children were still in booster seats, and they are in their 20s now, so I've grown since this. But, you know, my husband teases me all the time, but I have another man. Well, one of my other men. I have a couple. And this particular man that I was visiting, his name is Costco. I had my kids with me. They were in the back seat of then my minivan, and I'm in its parking lot on a Saturday, which is why, I, I mean, you know, I don't go to Costco's on Saturdays anymore. But it was a Saturday, and you know, it's crazy at 11, 12 o'clock at Costco's on a Saturday. And so, long story short, I am pacing the parking lot looking for a parking spot. And I'm not praying in the spirit at all. I'm just looking because I need to feverishly get in there, get these two kids out of my car, get them in the stroller of the buggy, get in there, get what I got to get and get out. And I'm already anxious because I'm seeing the crowd. I find a parking spot. In the finding the parking spot, now all of a sudden I want to get spiritual. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. (laughs) And I'm waiting for this parking spot. Blinker on and everything. And I'm waiting patiently. The person's on, you know, Costco, you got to unload everything. And they're taking their time, and then they want to be nice and return the buggy all the way to the parking spot. (laughs) 
And I'm waiting there, but I see this other car come up on the back end. I'm like, oh, no, you don't. Oh, no, you not about, no, you not about to do this. I make sure my blinker is on. You know, I'm pressing it all the way down. I turn the radio down. I'm got my steering wheel gripped. I'm like, no, you not. I'm having my own argument with this person. That hallelujah just went out the window. And the car that was parked in the spot that I was waiting for came out and he went the other way, therefore giving that person the quick rite of passage. You better thank God for Jesus. And that I'm not the co-pastor of Linked Up Church back in those days. Because that person pulled in, and I, with two kids in the back seat, put my car in park, opened the door, got out, and commenced to go in. Oh, I didn't cuss, but I did commence to read them their rights, up, down, left, right, and just, because, and just in case they were from the east, right to left. And I, you don't know who I am, where I'm from. You don't know what you just subjected yourself to. I'm making sure they are scared. <laughs> and I'm telling you, you better watch your back and your car. It might not be here. I'm doing all this here stuff. <laughs> you don't know me. <laughs> and then as I'm walking away, they got the little fish emblem on their back. And I know, and you call yourself a Christian. Now I'm doing this. And I did not get convicted. Now mind you, I got another parking spot, went in there, went, went shopping. On my way out, I decided to walk past to see if they were there, because I got convicted. I, I, it took some time, but Holy Spirit finally got to me. And I, I, I was like, you know what, let me write a note. To just say, you know, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have acted that way. I went back to that parking spot. That car was gone. <laughs> and the older lady that was there, I guess, I didn't even know people were watching. She says, I think you scared them because they left right after you had done that. <laughs> and she looked at me, you should have waited. <laughs> Too much time on that story, but my point is, my point is, your spirit is willing, your spirit is speaking, your spirit is convicting, your spirit is trying to guide you. But you have to recognize that when you got that still small voice that's telling you, you heard that hallelujah come out your mouth, that should have been arresting me to say, you know what, God, you have a better spot for me. Instead of just saying, you know what, forget it. I'm, I'm just going to let my flesh have its way. Because when we do that, when we do that, that Holy Spirit is speaking. But we just empower the enemy through our decision. Wherever it came from. Right? B, one must change their thinking, i.e. the data processing center. 
Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. This is a familiar passage of Scripture because, you know, I'm always talking about it. He says, I beseech you, brethren, therefore, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. He's telling you right there, the least you can do for God is to put your flesh on the altar to arrest the attitude, to arrest the moodiness, to arrest the expectation, to arrest whatever it is that is taking you out of your square. And he says, when you do that, that is the least that you can do. Let's just let the things go that you know you need to let go. Some of you, it might be smoking. Some of you, it might be lying. But whatever it is, some of it, it might be just something as simple as fear, worry. He wouldn't tell you to let it go if you did not have the ability to let it go. It's, the real question is, do you want to? Do you have it or does it have you? And it's okay to be honest in the assessment. And that's when we get into the root of why might it have me? Did I grow up in a way in which insecurity was a constant in my home? They kept telling me I was no good. They kept telling me I was stupid. They kept calling me out my name. So therefore, I feel like I have to take that back. And the only way I know to take that back is to not let anyone seem superior to me. So therefore, don't you go there because I will clap back. Right? He goes on to say, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed, transformed, changed, renewed, thinking otherwise by the renewing of your mind that you may prove. He says that you may prove. When you renew your mind and you're making faith-based decisions, you're not going back to the family environment of decision-making, but you are renewing your mind. You're saying, I'm going to do this, but I don't trust it. I'm going to let my wall down, but I don't know. But God, I trust you. This is foreign to me. I'm on water right now, but I'm going to do this. Trusting you because this is what your word says to do. It says to love my neighbor. I know I'm looking weak right now. I know they might be talking about me right now. But you said that when I forgive and that when I remove people from their trespasses, that you're forgiving me. So I'm expecting renewness, freedom in this process. And he's saying when you do that, you're proving him. You're opening the door and saying, Jesus, come in. And he will come in and show himself to be true to who he is. He will show himself to be true to who he is. We talk about, you know, scripture talks about how the works that Jesus did, we will do also. And, you know, praise God. You know, and people go on to say, so we can walk on water. No, it says the works that Jesus did, not the miracles that Jesus did. He says the works that Jesus did. He healed. He set free. He delivered. We can raise people from the dead. That was a work. Walking on water, walking through walls, transformate mountain transformation. You ain't about to do that. <laughs> Try to walk through a wall. 
right? This morning, if you have an iPhone, if you're on the right side of God, you have an iPhone. I am just kidding. Strike that from the record. But if you have an iPhone, and many of us do, and even if you have an Android, iPhone came out with their new... iPhone came out with a new phone, and of course, we all know by now, when they come out with a new phone and you have the older phone, you can expect one, two, three updates, right? And when you get these updates, it's to catch you up with the latest functioning of the phone. And if you read the updates, and I'm one of those people that skim through and I actually read what they're about to do, because I need to make a determination as to whether I really want this update. But after a while, they force you. And it says the primary focus of this update is to fix bugs and to heighten security. When you are changing your thinking process, when you are building a faith process, you are upgrading, updating your mental capacity, your spiritual condition to fix bugs and ward against heightened security so that the enemy can't come in, hack your system, and take your resources, take your identity, take your contacts, and use them for what he will. Because if the enemy can take in your, take your identity, mind you, if he can convince you that you are guilty, if he can keep you in shame, if he can keep you in bondage, by stealing your identity, then no wonder you have issues with insecurity, distrust, because you have not upgraded to have your identity secure. Zacchaeus was one of those people. Luke chapter 19, verses 5 through 10 in the message, it says, when Jesus got to the tree, now mind you, there's this little, this shorter guy, his name was Zacchaeus, he was a rich dude, he had heard about this guy named Jesus, and you know, Jesus traveled, I mean, he rode deep. And so he's traveling, and, and all, his, all the people are there for whatever reason, and Zacchaeus hears the, the rumbling of Jesus coming, and he finds out Jesus is coming, and he's like, I got to meet this dude. I got to see who he is. I got to meet him. And he goes, and he's, he's a small guy of stature, and he then goes up this tree, and then it picks up here. When Jesus got to the tree, he looked up and said, Zacchaeus, hurry down. Today is my day to be a guest in your home. And Zacchaeus scrambled out of the tree, hardly believing his luck, delighted to take Jesus home with him. Everyone who saw the incident was indignant and grumped. What business does Jesus have getting cozy with this crook? Zacchaeus just stood there, a little stunned. He stammered apologetically, Master, I give away half my income to the poor. If I'm caught cheating, I pay four times the damages. Jesus said, today is salvation day in this home. Here he is, Zacchaeus, son of Abraham. For the son of man came to find and restore the lost. In this story of Zacchaeus, he used to be one way. But when he got wind of this man named Jesus, he changed his ways. It didn't take special prayer. 
It didn't take the laying on of hands. It didn't take going through a cleansing process. It didn't take a 90-day detox. It did not take salt baths and all this here stuff and sage. <laughs> crystals and chants. He did what he knew he had to do and made the change. Know this. In this story, I love this story because it was my story when I first got saved for real, for real. A, there will always be people trying to keep you in your past. There will always be people that will try to keep you in your past. My husband, you know, uh, you know, God bless Colorado. You know, they didn't do well yesterday, but, you know, it was this big rage. And my husband got on the bus, right? So he was walking around the house, Shador. Come win with me or watch me win. Shador. I mean, he walking around the house, Shador. I'm like, babe. This ain't a game, Shadur. Because why? Shadur was doing well. He was doing well. He was. But how many of you know people in the past going to try to keep him because of his daddy in his past, right? In the past. So it's up to you to either make a decision. Listen, either you're going to come with, win with me or stand back and watch me win. B, there will be a demand for you to demonstrate your new ways versus your old ways. You will always be presented with an opportunity to present the new you or the old you. Why is this so important to make mention of? Because we're in a society right now where acceptance and canceling is like crazy. And so we have to be careful not to get caught up in the likes in the, in, the re, in the sharings, in the postings, we have to be, not be caught up in political correctness and exception. There's going to come a time where you just have to draw a line in the sand and say, if God be for me, who can stand against me? As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. If it's wrong, it's wrong. If it's right, it's right. But I will not be a people that will call evil good and call good evil. I don't care what they say or how, do they, how they try to define or redefine humanity. If it's wrong, it's wrong. If sex is wrong before marriage, then I'm going to say that sex is wrong before marriage. Even though I may have lived a certain way prior to being saved, my mind is renewed. And I can boldly stand here and tell you it's wrong. I don't care who you're sleeping with. So therefore, I am not soft when it comes to calling a spade a spade, period. And the freer you walk in that, the more God will show up on your behalf. He said, prove me. I will cause you to shine so bright because you took a bold step in me that they will either have to come win with you or continue to watch you win. See, there will be people that you just have to leave behind. There will be people that you just have to leave behind. I'm not saying shut down, we can't talk no more, but sometimes 
You got to distance yourself from sister. You got to distance yourself from brother. You got to distance yourself from that old best friend. You got to distance yourself from homie. You got to distance yourself from those peers that you used to roll with when you were working. You have to distance yourself. Sometimes you have to distance yourself from people still loving them, still being kind. But the distance is necessary because they will drag you back. See, you changed, but your life circumstances or situations may not have. You changed, but your life circumstances and situations may not have. So it's up to you to make those changes with time. It's up to you to make those changes with time. Proverbs eleven eighteen it says, a wicked, the wicked earn no real gain, but those who sow righteousness get a true reward. Understand this passage of scripture. He said, those who sow righteousness, the act of being and doing what's right. Sowing, you have to plant the seed. It does, it's, not, it's not microwave. You sow doing and being right, regardless of what your past looked like, knowing that in time you will reap a harvest. When he says so, you got to know that there's time, there's patience, there's patient endurance, and you will reap, will reap a reward. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3 through 11, the Passion Translation, I'm going to read all of this. He says, everything we could ever need for life and godliness has already been deposited in us by his divine power. Say, everything I need, everything I need. for life and godliness has already been deposited in me. For all this was lavished upon us through the rich experience of knowing him who has called us by name and invited us to come to him through a glorious manifestation of his goodness. When you came to Jesus, he who did so not because he lured you with candy and money, but because he lured you with peace and righteousness. And he says here... As verse 4, as a result of this, he has given you magnificent promises that are beyond all price so that through the power of these tremendous powers, promises, we can experience partnership with the divine nature, with the divine nature, with the divine. I can experience partnership with the divine nature. Is that divine nature distant or this divine nature within? Holy Spirit within. You can experience that because he already said he made a deposit in you. So when he makes, get this people, when he made that deposit in you and he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Holy Spirit is there for you to partner with him so that you can walk in all of these promises. He goes on to say here, so devote, um, let me think, by which you have escaped the corrupt desires that are of the world. So devote yourselves to lavishly supplementing your faith with goodness. Oh, wait a minute. Here we go. Supplementing. Wait, you mean tell me faith isn't all that I need? Faith is necessary and it's an absolute. But to walk in all of these promises, he says he's already downloaded this other stuff in you. So now you just need to activate it. You need to activate it. In, with, so supplementing your faith with goodness. And to goodness, add understanding. Oh, wait a minute. Add understanding. So I'm responsible for understanding who I am in Christ and who he is in me. And how do I do this? 
the word. Y'all can talk to me. <laughs> and to understanding, add strength of self-control. Wait a minute. You tell me I do have self-control? I can stop cussing. I can stop lying. I can stop doing all these things that are contrary to who he says I am. I am more than somebody that homegirl, homeboy can sleep with. I am more than an object. I am more than what they said I was. He goes on to say self-control and to self-control add patient endurance. Because when you have goodness, when you have, <clears throat> when you have goodness and understanding and then you have strength and self-control, then patient endurance becomes easier. And to patient endurance, godliness. Godliness. What is godliness? Godliness is your ID card. It's your ID card when you are like at this point where, you know what, I, that's just not me. I, I, I don't yield to that. I don't have to manipulate a situation or infer a situation to make it be like I think it should be to make me look a certain way. I know who I am. And to godliness, add mercy toward your brothers and sisters and to mercy toward others an unending love. An unending love. Since these virtues are what? Already planted deep within you. What? These virtues, I done said it I don't know how many times. And you possess them in an abundant supply. They will keep you from being inactive or fruitless in your pursuit of knowing Jesus Christ more intimately. He said they will keep you inact they will be they will keep you from being inactive or fruitless in your pursuit of knowing who Christ is. He goes on to say, but if anyone lacks these things, he is blind. Constantly closing his eyes to the mysteries of our faith and forgetting his innocence. He is talking to the believer here, forgetting his innocence. Once you became born again online, you were innocent. You could be sitting in prison right now online, listening to this message online. You could be guilty as all get out in what you did before, but God declares you innocent. He declares you a citizen of heaven. And he still empowers you to walk in all these virtues. But when you choose not to, he says, you forgot that you were innocent. You were blind. In fact, he said, you made a decision to close your eyes, walk in darkness, and therefore continuing in this cycle of foolishness, sin, and torment. He goes on to say, for his past sins have been washed away. Talking about that innocence there. For this reason, beloved ones, be eager to confirm and validate that God has invited you to salvation and claimed you his own. If you do these things, you will never stumble. As a result, the kingdom's gates will open wide to you as God choreographs your triumphant entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Messiah. 
Let's end with this story. Mark chapter 5, I'm back there again. Because Mark chapter 5 from verses 22 to 42, there are two situations going on. Just to set it up, we already saw what the woman who had been healed with, from the issue of blood did. We saw that last week, right? But mind you, she was an interruption. In her righteous, in, in her, in her righteous indignation to pursue and take her healing, the enemy used that good decision, that virtuous act, to be a negative distraction to another person. So let me set up the story. Mark chapter 5, verse 22, he says, Just then, a man saw that it was Jesus, so was, he was pushed through the crowd and threw himself down at Jesus' feet. Again, Jesus is traveling with his crew. And, and, and this guy sees Jesus, and he needs something desperately. Mind you, whenever a miracle from Jesus appeared, I said it last week, it was a result of all measures having been exhausted. It was not a matter of convenience. It was a matter of all measures having been exhausted. This guy says, I talked to the doctors. I'm assuming he talked to the doctors. He did all that he could. The balms, the healing baths, all that stuff. And then nothing worked. So here he sees Jesus. And he pushed through the crowd and threw himself down at his feet. His name was Jairus a Jewish official who was in charge of the synagogue. This was a mighty man of God. He knew the scriptures back and forth. He led those in the religious rituals. He was astute. He was learned. He was accomplished. And by his own rights, he was righteous. And he says, he pleaded with Jesus saying over and over, please come to with me. My little daughter is at the point of death and she's only 12 years old. Come and lay your hands on her and heal her and she will live. Remember that statement. Come, lay your hands on her and she will live. Immediately, Jesus went with him and the huge crowd followed him, pressing in on him from all sides. Now, in the crowd that day, we know that's where the woman with the issue of blood shows up. And she is an interruption. I won't repeat that story. Minister David, come on up here. You're going to be Jay Iris. Verse 35, it picks up and says, and before he had been, mind you, she had interrupted and got her miracle. She's like, I don't care what's going on. I'm getting mine. Right? But in that moment, there was another person believing this is why you can't be deterred in your faith. You cannot be deterred in your faith. Remember, he says, come to my house, lay hands, pray and lay hands on her and she will live. Verse 35, it says, and before he had finished speaking, people arrived from Jairus' house and pushed through the crowd to give Jairus the news. There's no need to trouble the master any longer. Your daughter is dead. Now, mind you, Jesus is walking with Jairus. Come on, let's go. And the woman stops and causes Jesus and Jairus to stop. Now, I want you to act impatient. Act impatient. Just face the crowd. Let's act impatient. And, she, and he's like, woman, thy sins have been here. Da, 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 da. And uh, who touched me and all this here stuff, right? And he's, uh, his daughter is dying. His daughter is dying. He did not say that 
if you come and lay hands on her, she, she would be healed. He said that she would live. He didn't say that she would be healed. He said that she would live. He didn't even know what he was speaking. And so, this happens, and then they come and say, Hallie, yell from where you are. Your daughter is dead. Your daughter And then he's in despair. And then Jesus, before he can even get in despair, it says, Jesus turned to him and says, do not fear. Do not fear. He interrupts his panic attack. He interrupts his depression. He interrupts his despair. He interrupts the news, and he grabs him before he could get too far gone. Do not fear. Let's go. Thank you. And then from there, he says, so Jesus says, don't yield to fear. All you need to do is keep believing. So they left for his home, but Jesus didn't allow anyone to go with them. Mind you, he was with a crew, a crew that was so deep that when the woman did touch him and he said, who touched me? He said, there's so many people around here. What you mean? Who touched me? But Jesus says, all y'all stand back, fall back. And he took Peter John and James and Jairus. And they head for Jairus' house. And when they get there, it's the tradition of the, they say the tradition of the Middle East, but I have family in Asia, in Korea. They do the same thing. When someone's dead, they wail, holler, spit, crawl. I mean, you ain't seen somebody try to crawl. My, I remember my grandfather passed away back in 1982. My mother literally tried to crawl in the casket. This little five-foot-four Korean woman trying to crawl in this black man's casket. So they are wailing, hollering, spitting, putting on ashes and sackcloth. They got on black, whatever they do. And Jesus is like, why are you acting this way? She's just merely asleep. And they start laughing and mocking him. They start laughing and mocking him. And he was like, okay, y'all, y'all fall back. Remember, there's some people you just got to leave behind. And he takes the mother and the father, Peter, James, and John. He goes into the bedroom, and then he speaks to the situation. He speaks to the situation and says in Aramaic, little girl, get up from your sleep of death. Little girl, get up from your sleep of death. Because the father said, Come, lay hands on her, and she will live. And he laid his hands on her, and she woke up like nothing happened and started pacing the room. Dad is the focus. He approached Jesus initially in faith. But on the journey from wherever he was to his house, there were distractions. Good ones and not so good ones. But remembering what his declaration was in the beginning is what Jesus charged him to maintain. The enemy will always send you an invitation to fear, but Jesus tells us to remain in faith. Remain in faith. Whatever is going on with your child, your daughter, your son, I don't care what it is, 
remain in faith. Whatever is going on with your husband or your wife, remain in faith. Whatever is going on at work or at home, remain in faith. Whatever it is that's going on with your mama and your daddy, remain in faith. Whatever it is that's going on within you, oh, oh, wait a minute, within me? He says he's already downloaded it in you. So just act in faith. Act in faith. We must be courageous enough to continue to walk in the word conviction. We have to be courageous. What does courageous mean? Strong against all odds. You have to be courageous in order to walk in the conviction of the word. What little words you know, you have to be strong. And oftentimes the strength is not required when you're by yourself. The courage is required when you're amidst other people. Watch what you say, see, and hear. Watch what you say, see, and hear. Jesus had to dismiss them because of what they were saying and what, and what Jairus was hearing. And he had to be a part of the situation because of what Jairus and his wife might have seen. Speak to the situation. Speak to it. Your confession, your words out of your mouth, which is why we talk about what you say and how you say it. You are either speaking life or death. It's one or the other. You're building up or you're tearing down. And finally, you never give up. But there are times that you just have to give it over. So, the rest of the notes are in the Bible app. I'm going to end it right here, and I pray right now in Jesus' name that people are being free to live in a faith mentality. They are trusting you beyond their own understanding. Father, show yourself strong that they may know that you are the true and living God who has all good things for us, that you've given us everything that we need for life and godliness. And when we walk in them, we shall not stumble. Father, I pray that these words reign true in their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. I trust that this message has touched your heart today. Listen, we don't claim to have all the answers, but we do know one answer, and his name is Jesus Christ. So if you don't have a personal relationship with him today, we want to invite you to do so. Or maybe you had one with him, but you've just gotten away and you're desiring to come back to Christ today. I want to lead you in a simple prayer today. If you would, repeat this after me. Put your hand over your heart and say these words. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he died, rose from the grave, and he is alive right now. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and save me now. As a result of what I've confessed with my mouth and what I believe in my heart, I am right now born again and in right standing with God. In Jesus' name, praise God. We are so excited for you. We believe that today is the first day of the rest of your life. 
congratulations. We are so excited that you made the decision to get connected to God. Thank you for listening today. If this message encouraged or inspired you in any way, please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app and leave a review too. For past messages, updates, and more, please visit us at linkedupchurch.com or download the Linked Up Church app. You can also watch live services, view past messages, and see our dynamic content for children, youth, and teens on our Facebook and YouTube pages. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Linked Up Church. And if you would like to support more of what we're doing, you can give online at linkedupchurch.com or text Get Connected to 94000. Thanks again for listening. Have an amazing week, and we look forward to connecting with you.